Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. The young people in America did not show up in record numbers to vote for progressive candidates in the primaries nationwide and are finding themselves more and more apathetic in the process. The two-party system is to blame, not the young voters. College-age students of today care more about integrity and ethics than most people will ever give them credit, and today we talk to a young man who will show you why I, for one, am listening to them. Coming up next on the Spent the Rent podcast, The Youth Vote with Dakota LaCia. to the Spent the Rent podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today talking about the youth vote is Dakota Lasia. Did I get that right? Lasia. 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 Oh man, I had it right. I called you so that I would get it right. (laughs) I'm so bad with names. Well, anyways, Dakota, we'll just go with that. Uh, It's really really awesome to have you on. This is funny how this came to be. I'm going to give a little backstory and then we'll get into how this came to be. So I had posted something and I think we have a mutual friend because we were not friends on Facebook, but you had commented on a meme that I had shared and we're pretty riled up. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the meme and then we'll talk about the context, the context. So the meme I shared, it says, Joe Biden is chemo. Chemo sucks and sort of tries to kill you, but you take it because it kills you cancer faster. The current state of affairs with regards to how the country is being ran, cancer. Bernie Sanders would have been a surgery that cuts the tumor out without long-term damage But from the looks of it, we're at a point where that's not a viable option. Not voting is essential oils. It smells nice and does nothing. And you can tell us a little bit about your response to that. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I actually think that the the reason why we had like a mutual friend was because we're both in Eugene and uh, I used to be in the band at U of O. So like, I think we had some random mutual friends. Jacob Jacob Evans, I know, shared it. Yeah. And like, um, I definitely like, you know, I was wholeheartedly thinking about how you know i thought immediately it was like oh bernie's not a viable option and i was like he's completely viable it just you know the whole situation that is going on with you know the discrepancies and the dnc primaries and everything is really just it sucks because there is a lot of active voter suppression which kind of like sucks in terms of uh having our democracy work for you know the youth especially when it sucks like it's in the middle of a pandemic that's oh my god no you know it's a completely new territory so this is you know everyone's kind of shell-shocked because you know if it was a repeat of 2016 like before it would have like not gone the same way but now we got a pandemic on our hands but uh i responded basically just like i believe that joe biden is essential oils because if you look at his track record and he has been in politics for at least over the he's past over 40 years. Like he has been in there since 1970s. Like he has a long track record of consistently letting the people down and being two-faced. And there are many, like many, many journalists and many uh, professors who have even testified in court uh, against him saying that he just seems to make up his own truth. And so I think that the statement that he's chemotherapy and that he's going to kill the cancer would be correct if the statement was that he was going to be killing the cancer. But with all of his policies and everything, it seems like he is just going to be more cancer. Right. And I mean, the, it's funny because I was like, oh man, I kind of related to my reaction to you was not that Bernie isn't a viable, isn't a reasonable candidate. I mean, I have ad nauseum talked about how much I support his, his candidacy, but at this point with the pandemic, with what we learned in 2016, that your protest vote can be done in, in, the, in the primary, the general, you kind of have to hold your nose and vote for the one that's closer mm-hmm. to your viewpoint. And I still, st- I'm, I'm kind of convinced that's probably what I'm going to do. But 
one thing that I've learned that I've, I've done wrong and people have done wrong to me is that they refuse to listen. That they're just like, nope, you're wrong. I disagree. And so squash what you have to say and do what I want. And that is not ever going to be effective because what we need to do, we need to find a way to get to a point to where we can feel good about the choices that we're making, the vote that we cast. Now, it's very important that we point out that in Oregon, I mean, it's almost certain that the, the, the winner will be announced before our vote is even counted. Yeah, so it's, it's kind sleep. of mute. <laughs> we're losing sleep over nothing. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit about what I do think is important and some solutions that we can actually come to locally. Local politics is everything, even Congress, oh, you know, the, the local representation, that's really important. So do you really truly believe, though, that Biden is the same as Trump? I mean, then it wouldn't be any better. So I personally do believe that uh biden is worse than trump and with i have i I brought up i you know have a lot of things in front of me but um just off the top of my head um a lot of the things that trump has gone after are things that the general population has at least had some instance of like you know interest in uh the immigration is a really really important thing in this country especially with after you know different attacks going on in our country and you know definitely us you know in our (laughs) foreign diplomacy uh we like immigration is a huge thing for us and trump won because he was working he, he was shouting what the people wanted and i believe that biden is trying to shout what progressives want right now but you can consistently pull up all of his um uh, just all of his policies and all of his uh, like what he has supported and even things that he said that is just completely contradicting everything he said now. And these are things that are even up in so like in 2008 where he was saying that he he and President Obama both agreed that they didn't want to redefine, you know, uh, marriage between a man and a woman and, you know, them agreeing on a lot of things during their vice president debate with uh, Sarah Palin. So I think that it's important to note that like just because Biden is in the Democratic spot he was specifically chosen to win the conservative Republican like evangelical vote by Obama. And he has a long history of just being a conservative and segregationist praising Senator. And I think, you know, if at least, you know, if, if I'm going to be saying he's the cancer, I, at least, you know, I need to pull up like the facts, but also I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not saying that he can't change. Uh, because everyone is capable of change, obviously, and growth. I think it's really important that we make him commit to these changes because he has shown that he doesn't have those previous uh, like beliefs and he he didn't believe in certain things in the past and he stood by those just until recently in the limelight. So we need to make sure he's sticking with those things. See, here's the, okay, and I don't want I'm not going to pick apart everything as far as you know each issue. I agree, first of all. Now, the marriage equality I want to address, and then I'm going to talk about some other stuff. But that thing, okay, that's the number. My mother was a lesbian. My, she's gone, so I say was. <laughs> but but uh, she went out for cigarettes and never came. No, she passed. But, but she was a lesbian, and that was my number one issue for forever. And it still is very important to me. I do want to touch on that, though, that in politics, and we're seeing that electability or viability, whatever the word is, and I hate it, but it's reality in some ways. In 2008, we were in a very different spot as a country as far as marriage equality. And what happened when they got into, when Obama and Biden got into the White House is that they kind of pushed the Supreme Court. So saying something, you don't want to lie, you want to have integrity, and that's what we hope for. But that one, I actually see the results differently. I think that they said what they needed to say to get elected, and then they did push the progress towards where we need to be. So that's where I would think the people that Biden and I cannot believe I'm defending him because if you go back and listen to the podcast, yeah, yeah. I've nonstop I've been like, oh my god, he's he's asleep at the wheel. But the people that he would surround himself with, I do have some hope, sliver of hope. Now, one of the things that came out in the last couple of days is the Unity Task Force. Now, mm-hmm. I know that in the past that has been false hope to get progressive mm-hmm. votes. So maybe you can speak on that a little bit. Yeah, I definitely think it's a lot like um, it's definitely a lot like 2016 Hillary inviting oh Bernie God. onto her campaign and him, you know, speaking 36 times for her just to then be thrown under the bus when right. she loses the vote. When I mean, we get, can get onto the whole actuality of losing the vote and how that plays into also what's going to happen in the 2020 election, possibly. But um, I agree that like uh, with with the task force, it's a great. Uh, 
it's a great I, I saw a great like uh, analogy for it. And it was like the Democrats are sitting the progressives at the kids table and are like, you can you can sit over there and listen to us. But like anything that anyone says. And the thing is, that, that task force has some really big names. Like there are some really big professors that are in for like, you know, universal tuition. And uh, like there's uh, obviously AOC is heading the climate change, climate change with John yeah. Kerry. And, and then, like, oh, continue. I was going to say, so I agree to, to the analogy that they're putting the progressives at the, at the kids' table. Well, the Republicans are putting the Democratic Party as a whole at, out of the conversation. So this is where the meme, to me, has some relevance. I've, I've gotten to a point with Facebook where it's funny because there was so much reaction to that meme. I've gotten pretty selective. I am part of a group. I, my music, I used to go by the name Self-Esteem But Willie. And as anybody listens to the show knows, I've kind of started to go by Patty Rose, which is more me. But I have a Facebook group I started a long time ago called Self-Esteem But Willie for President. And that's where I put all my toxic political <laughs> memes so that I can kind of control who sees it, right? Yeah. And so that Joe Biden one, I was like, that's kind of the, one of the first statements that I've made, even sharing a meme. I know it's silly, but it, that I've made about Biden in, in support <laughs> of him because there's so many issues with him. I mean, the sexual assault stuff that you can't go without talking about. Do I think he's guilty? Probably. Do I think that the times have changed and I'm not defending actions in the past? Oh, yeah. Expectations of who men are? Absolutely. Who you have to be and how you have to be as a young man. What, are you 20, 19, 20? I am, I am, I am 21. Yeah. Okay, 21. So the, what, you've grown up as a young adult during the Me Too movement and the way that you treat women is probably much, much more respectful than the people I surrounded myself with as a kid. That being said, I had an ethics because I was raised, like, like I said, by my mother, that it almost, in some ways, I would take a step back and it, and it missed opportunities as a young adult, I'll be honest. But that's because that's who I was as a person. Now, have I been perfect? Absolutely not. I've got skeletons in my closet, just like everybody. But Joe Biden is a creepo. And the frustration is so strong because all you have to do is see a picture of him smelling someone's hair and you're like, nope, this guy, this guy. This guy, you know, I think it's so, that blatant disregard to even talk about it on the mainstream media when like oh SNL, like Adam, uh, Adam Sandler's done like his opera man skits on Joe Biden sniffing girls. And it's like our like MSNBC doesn't even talk about it. Like yeah. it's like, OK, but can we at least address the the skeleton so that it doesn't feel like you're just throwing in this candidate and be like, look, he's saying he's a Democrat. So he's going to do everything you say you Totally. And, and Bernie Sanders supporters were screaming on the hilltops, including myself, and I'm sure you as well. Oh, yeah. That were, were like, do this during the primary, vet this candidate during the primary, and then we can see that, you know, viable and all that. I mean, there's so many people that are going to be told if they don't support Joe Biden, you know, you're doing wrong. No, I've learned and I learned a lot from the 2016 election. And I've learned that it's their responsibility to get us. Now, that being said, I'm most likely going to leave the Democratic Party after this election. Mm. And because we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. This task force gives me hope for right now. I don't want to be naive and fall for the same playbook that they've been using forever, which is most likely. Yeah, I really want to see a, a commitment on that task force because like if there was an actual like, you know, they because really they're just going to pull up the same policies like they're making a, a task force to really what it is is to specify all of the problems that really Joe Biden's policies need to like fix and same with like, you know, just in our general what's going on in our country and what we need to do. We already know what we need to do with climate change. We need to like, we need to support the green new deal. We need to switch to completely new renewable energy and, you know, start going towards more of like, uh, you know, it, if we are funding fossil fuels, it's like within, like it's only for like five years and then it's cut and it's not even subsidized. But like uh, we know with education that we need to fund like, uh, pre-K and before um, in early childhood uh, services so that, you know, single parents can have, you know, easier times going to work. But also, like, we need to fund our colleges as well because we have just dropped our funding towards both our state universities oh, and, and private and, and now with what's going on with the pandemic, there's going to be a cut to local government, which we'll get exactly, to in a little yeah. bit. But there's going to be cuts to everything. It's going to be a nightmare. You and know, uh, all of that needs to be just brought up with like, will whatever we identify will commit to changing, but they're just going to identify the things that we've basically just been saying. Have you watched Planet of the Humans? Did you watch I have it yet? not, no. So one of the things that it talks about, it's really sad. And I'm not saying any documentary, especially right now, we know doc, just because a documentary is made doesn't mean it's gospel. You know, we need to yeah, take things yeah. with a grain of salt. 
but there's a lot of really good evidence in it. And I, I was kind of in and out of napping. I'm not going to lie. So I'm not an expert on the topic, but they showed some of the actual truth behind green energy. And so, and this is backed by Michael Moore, who's very liberal, you know, so I'm, it's the, you know, we think that we can get out of the Middle East and, and get off of fossil fuels. And then if we do uh, lithium type energy, you know, like electric energy, there's, there's destruction to the planet doing that oh, yeah. kind of stuff too. And so it's really, it's really nerve wracking and it's especially for the youth and why I have wanted to have you on. Now I'm going to late, I'm going to call this episode the youth vote volume one, because I want to start a series talking to young people that are, have educated themselves like yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I think that people need to see because they look at, you know, I think I'm a millennial by, by definition. I think it actually is zennial because I'm 1982. I think you're the next generation. I'm 98. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm like, we're, we're within that like Gen Z uh, millennial area that no one really understands kind of. Sure. I mean, uh, yeah. And so I think it's really important that people hear people like yourself that are, that have educated themselves and actually hear that you have a strong backbone. You have a lot of people behind what you're talking about. You've, you've worked hard. You probably are I don't, there's, there's definitely no competition on who knows more about politics, who gives a shit. But you've shown me in the little bit that I've seen of you that you work hard to educate yourself on these things. And today there was a big thing about, you know, what just passed. People aren't even looking at what's passing behind the scenes about how they can, basically the, the FBI can look at your browser history yeah. and all this different shit. And it's constantly going. And so it's really crucial. When I was your age in 18, 19, I hate to be like this, but when I was that age, I was just so apathetic and the, and the access to knowledge was much different. So the internet wasn't there. So I was just like, oh, George Bush is a fascist. And that was where it ended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so I've learned more in the last six months about politics. I'm not going to lie that I've ever could have known. And it's because of talking to people like Doyle Canning, James Barber, you know, local people, Albert Lee, people that I'm able to interview on the podcast. So anyway, I wanted to kind of start this dialogue of episodes with youth voters. Uh, my niece's partner, Dawson, is somebody that I would like to have on. They are trans and there's so much, you know, that the youth need to get get out and that people need to listen to them. So this is why I wanted to have you on. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, definitely. No, I I definitely agree. And I think that it's really important to get the youth voice out there and make sure that we're heard. I mean, like, uh, Biden is a really touchy subject for me because like, I'm a bisexual male who has basically just grown up knowing that like, I've seen, I remember, you know, being on Tumblr in the early days and seeing all the like, you know, gay pride, uh, like Biden memes and thinking that Biden was a really great advocate for it. And knowing that he like personally just didn't believe in it and he he still doesn't but like it's you know it, it gets to a point where like there was a, a representative from Planned Parenthood who was just talking about his like him as an, an a representative and being like we don't really know if it's personal or if it's political but it's it's scary that it's hard to not be able to tell yeah it's tough that's a tough one again coming from a different generation because you know, you consider yourself to be an ally, right? Like I consider myself to be an ally. Now, that being said, what my, my personal opinion on someone else's orientation is, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. you know, I mean, I accept it. And I have to admit that I come from a time when it wasn't, like I talked about with 2008, it wasn't accepted. And I grew up in a household where my mom was like, look, I'm gay and you might not want to tell your friends. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm really proud of you and proud of the work done by, by people before you to be so open about it. You know, I talked to Thomas Huda, who's running for mayor of Eugene, and yeah. he was talking about how he's non-binary. And I'm like, what does that mean? And to someone from my age group, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of like, uh, like, are you going to be doing damage by saying this? Now, I'm, I'm, I think it's very important that people are comfortable saying that openly. And my point is, his actions have shown that he can support, he can look past his personal views to look at what's right. Now, getting the Republican support on this, my strategy on that is focus on the freedom element of it. Mm-hmm. I don't care what people's opinion are, is of someone's sexuality. I care about their opinion, their, the, their fighting for freedom, for them to be able to have rights that everybody should get. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, and exactly what you're saying is why like so many like, progressive like really far left like i would say like democratic socialist candidates are really winning over more uh republican and concert more like generally conservative areas because really when you focus on just the freedom of freedoms of things that's really what a lot of people are afraid of losing and 
it's this cognitive dissonance because it's a different thing than, than what, what they've been told and what they've been fed. And a lot of people don't know how to educate themselves and sometimes get education told like they're, they grew up being told that they could trust the president, they could trust the government, yeah. they could trust media and different things. And now they're just being told they can't trust the media. And so, you know, there's a lot of dis- misinformation. And I think it's important to like, you know, we can't scold anybody for not knowing. And it's about uh, helping each other learning like through that environment. And that's actually why a lot of like progressive candidates do really well because they're not sitting there being like, oh, you, you conservatives and, and crapping on, on parts of, you know, I would say like, you know, Oregon has a hard history. Like, you know, Kate Brown has a history of, of more like, I would say shitting on the rural population of, of Oregon. And she almost lost the election because of it. Like Newt Bueller yeah. came really close and he has a terrible history. Like you can just Google Newt Bueller and you can see how he is just pro-war and a lot of Democrats ended up voting for him because they were just fed up with Kate Brown. And it's something that a lot of, I think we need to like, obviously get rid of the the two party system because 100%. we're just all people and we need to believe in candidates, but we also need to understand that our candidates are people and we can't put in a whole ideology behind them. And our candidates need to understand that they're there for the people. Like, when they stand up, they shouldn't be saying, I'm going to be doing everything right. I know everything right. It's like, I'm going to be doing what you guys tell me to do. And we're going to have experts so we know what we're doing well, because right. that's how this country can get ran well. Yeah. Populism is really what is effective on either side. <laughs> and we've done episodes about that as well. You know, Bernie Sanders was a populist candidate talking about progressivism and then you get Trump is a progressive candidate or a populist candidate talking about basically fascism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, progress, you can sell it to somebody of any belief, you know, there's libertarians. I had a guy on the the podcast, Alan Zundel, who is a, he calls himself a libertarian socialist and it's hilarious because that Mm -hmm. is almost an oxymoron, but it's not in today's world because he's somebody who's a libertarian. He wants as limited government as possible but he does believe in social safety nets. Mm -hmm. And when I've had conversations with people that are more conservative and you talk about safety nets, social safety nets, they're economically smart Mm -hmm. to make these social safety nets like Medicare for all. We need to stop calling it Medicare for all. It's not a good sell. I think that what we need, what we need to call it is freedom insurance. No, no, I don't know. No, I mean, I think some- it's something that like people could get behind because like universal healthcare is I think an incredible term for it. And I think that the whole, like, why Medicare for all is a really popular term is obviously just because we have the pre-written billing for Medicare and it wouldn't be hard to just be like, instead of the Medicare age being at 60, it's just everyone. Like it wouldn't like people would be like, Oh, that's very hard. Like, you know, obviously things going through would be difficult to change, but I think that universal healthcare is a great term for it because I agree. it is universal healthcare. And I think that it's, we should stop thinking of it as the people like, paying taxes to take care of another person like they don't want to and be like, we're all helping each other in case we all get hurt. And we, the, the, the basic question I ask people when I ask them about, you know, universal healthcare, um, you know, like tuition free colleges and, you know, basically things where people are like handouts and free. I'm like, should the government be helping the people or should the people be helping the government? Yeah. Like we pay taxes. I'm like, you um, like imagine just being able to like you break your leg and you can go into a hospital you don't have to worry about any bill I'm, like, just the element the of most, stress honestly it's that stress is what also gets a lot of people not going to hospitals when they have like a flu and we have people dying of preventable diseases every year like sixty-eight thousand people die a year of not having health insurance and die of preventable diseases and you know millions more die from things that we can you know basically prevent because we are one of the most technologically and scientifically advanced countries in the world, but right. we put profits over people. One of the most in- important issues to young voters, because you have, you went through your high school years during a time when it was a school shooting every couple days. You my, know? Yeah. My senior year was the uh, Umqua community college shooting. Uh, and you're from Medford? And I'm from Medford. I'm from Central Point. Yeah. So it's a similar, I'm not, so it's, I mean, yeah, so that hit home. I mean, I, when I was in, so it started when in 1998, I was a junior. No, it was the beginning of my sophomore year was the year of the Thurston high school shooting. Mm-hmm. So it happened in my hometown. I, at that time I was a student at Springfield high school. So fast forward 20 years, I'm at my 20 year high school uh, reunion this summer. If it exists, if it happens, if anything mm-hmm. happens, but 
it's just gotten more more common thread and so um sometimes when i try to sell that because obviously you start talking about guns you're gonna lose any conservative they're like nope that's my number one issue i don't even mm. care like you know i've had i've had conversations in my barbershop where people have been like it's collateral damage i'm like whoa dude don't tell that to a mother you know yeah. you know what i'm saying like and i think that that's a completely like we have to separate guns well, and, and schools like completely yeah, and not yeah. be like they can be even allowable near those areas so, yeah so that you know, when you start talking about the, where I was going with this is universal healthcare. That's the term we're going to go with how I, I believe, I know now they're saying that they don't, people don't really like the link between mental health issues and gun violence, but I still in my heart of hearts do believe that there is something to that, that if you have universal healthcare that you can at least it's more realistic that you can be seen if you need to talk to somebody. Oh, you know? and yeah, people completely like think of universal healthcare as only being hospitals, but they completely, that is like, you know, you know, a single mother having, I mean, you know, maybe a, a, I don't know, a 20 year old college student going to the gynecologist because they don't have insurance and they aren't able to pay for anything, but something has happened or, you know, being able to go to the dentist, optometrist, um, you know, a physical therapist, like so many things are implemented into universal healthcare that people don't take like they don't take into account and they also then don't take in themselves for to account because they wouldn't think that it applies to them when you know they're like i'd be paying more in taxes but you're also cutting your medical expenses every single month and you don't have to have the stress of going exactly. through an insurance company like your bill might be 130 dollars max for like you know having to pay for you know a bed I mean, what is the promise of America? It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Exactly. So how can we, I mean, I believe so strongly that the pursuit of happiness is a lot easier when you actually have flexibility financially. Mm -hmm. How are you supposed to do that when you can be bankrupted by a sinus infection? Exactly. You know, I, you know what I mean? And so we've gone on the record on this podcast so many times about healthcare for all. Is usually what I would call it, you know, healthcare for all, but universal healthcare, whatever you want to call yeah. it, universal healthcare. And don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that that started Hillary Clinton was the one that started pushing that. And there has been a 30, 35 year assault on Hillary Clinton by the Republican talk radio by people like Rush Limbaugh. And I've grown up when I was about 14, 15 years old, where my dad was like, can you believe this woman? I've, and that was the first time a first lady had ever been attacked like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a fan of Hillary Clinton, but it's crazy the amount of work that went in to, you know, to saying how terrible it is, how she and is. It's, and it's weird to think that like, so like universal healthcare, I remember, um, I remember Hillary Clinton also talking about where, where was Bernie Sanders when she was talking about fighting for, you know, universal healthcare for a lot of people. And he was actually right behind her while she was giving a speech yeah. back in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, but it's really important to talk about like, you know, Hillary Clinton did push the healthcare for all. And that was really important. But, um, and like, you know, the thing that is important right now is that Biden specifically has said that he will veto it if it comes to him. And Trump has even touted saying that he would put Medicare for all or some type of Medicare for all insurance to everybody because of the pandemic. And it is like, a, like the Hill has a, st a statistics just taken this April 20, uh, April, 2020, where it was like 69% of like all registered voters, Republicans, independents, and Democrats all support a Medicare for all for Americans. Now right. it didn't specify for like, you know, if it was Americans and citizens, I'm assuming probably just for citizens, but that's still something that is really important to talk about. Like back from 2018, it's only dropped 1% among like Republicans. And that's really, really important. Like we, have been making great strides to making the understanding of universal healthcare be more of a realistic thing instead of just some of this like pie in the sky dream. And I think that Biden saying those things and adamantly saying that he would veto it and that it doesn't make sense. And when people bring it up to him, he tells them to go vote for the other guy. Um, I think that it's really, really, it sets back our, like our, the, you know, the massive strides we've been making because he just comes along and because he was put in Obama's administration and because he was the vice president, he's just a shoe in now to be the candidate. And it's really funny when they talk about him being great with 
um, the African-American vote in the community when he's notoriously like since the 70s has fought like he has pre segregationist. He has fought mm-hmm. against busing. He's called it literally like he wants to he has called like the war that he wanted to keep on drugs uh, that they should go at it the same way the Viet, uh, they went at the Vietnam War. He he's like one of the most incremental people for creating mandatory minimums, the three, three strike policies and like just completely affecting um like minorities and people of color in those communities and when all of this just basically went out of people's uh brains when he said that he might elect he might have kamala harris as his vp and it's really like i don't know if you've seen it but on facebook you i see a lot of uh advertisements talking about like they tout a kamala harris or a stacey abrams vp picture or elizabeth warren one of those three um and that's mainly the Joe Biden ad looking for like trying to get a lot of uh, more progressive votes, but because they're considering them, we'll see how they oh, yeah. actually go. I mean, I think he's probably going to, he's, I think he's going to pick an African-American woman. He said he's going to, and I think he will, because now if he doesn't, he's going to, you know, well, he said he'll pick a woman. And then they asked if he was specify if it would be an African-American woman and he never specified later, but I believe he's, he's touted uh, governor Whitmore from, um, from Michigan, Michigan, yeah, and I think that that will most likely be his pick. That or Klobuchar. Um, I I was really thinking that Hillary Clinton might try and swoop in on this, and depending on how Biden acts between now and November, like if if Hillary were to try and swoop in and and either snag the VP spot or just Biden drop out, and after uh, Hillary being his VP and then taking his presidential spot. I don't know. That's there's a lot of different things that could possibly go on, but I definitely think that it's probably going to be Whitmore or Klobuchar. Yeah, Whitmore's and, pretty impressive so far, just at least her speaking and whatnot. Yeah, we'll she is very anti-Trump, which is good, and she is a very like she is a smart woman and a gr- I I think she has some good policy choices. I think the only problem is that they are repeating the same. Like it doesn't really matter uh, who Biden's cabinet is because we have the two big big problems of the that were in the 2016 election as well are going to show in the 2020 election and that's going to be hillary was like like set to win by 91 percent like polls had her sweeping everyone and and she was in a better shape than biden was at this point and she also has some like she is a lot better in her um you know dictation and her speech and she has a lot better policies uh, than Biden has even now in his 2020 campaign. And then you're also facing the fact so that Biden isn't as strong as Hillary, but also Hillary won by 3 million votes last in time in 2016. And so even if Biden were to win by 3 million, we still have the gen- we still have the electoral college that is going to just completely outweigh our votes. And the Democrats used that in the primaries to squash Bernie Sanders. But the thing is, the more they tout up their own voter suppression, the more that the Republicans on their side, on the other side, are going to be able to use that uh, voter suppression against them. And the Democrats really don't care if they do, because, like, as Joe Biden said, nothing's going to fundamentally change. Like. If Hillary Clinton, when Hillary Clinton lost, she just disappeared into the into the backstage, and she was able to just keep living her life. And then she came back a year later and started posting a lot of stuff on Twitter. Started going on Howard Stern and talking shit Honestly. on Bernie Sanders. Like and then people are just like thinking yeah. that, like you people, know, I'm imagining. Yeah. yeah, I do think that I think that she is a better speaker, maybe than Joe Biden, but I think that she is. She's much more hated than Joe Biden. I she think Joe, is, yes. I think Joe Biden has a better chance in Michigan, especially if he picks Whitmore. I think he has a better chance in Wisconsin. I don't know. It's really frustrating because, you know, I've lost friends over the way that they've addressed the allegations against him, you know, because they make these comments like, come on, you know, we can't, we can't, I don't know. It's just really frustrating. People don't take that stuff serious. So I want and to I move on. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no problem. No, you want, no, you're you're completely right. <laughs> I want I want to move on from Biden. <clears throat> I think well, let me ask you before we do. If the vote was tomorrow, what would you do? Um so I believe that I would 100%. I think that I have had a lot of conversations people talking about how voting a third party uh, is completely a mute point and that you're throwing your vote away and I don't believe that is because you're voting, you're having your voice heard and then I always be like 46% 
uh, of Americans voted in the 2016 election. I'm right. still voting and I'm voting down ballot too. Um, I did cast my ballot for Bernie Sanders and in the 2016, I mean, in the election, if it was tomorrow, I would probably end up, uh, you know, debating between, um, you know, there are a few Green Party candidates that are still going through and I might have to, I might write in if one of those candidates, uh, if that is a possibility. Um, Again, I don't, calling it a wasted vote, I don't agree in Oregon. We, we already talked about that. Yeah. Well, especially because of the on, electoral college though. Right. And going on, a wasted vote? it's not, but going on Facebook and, and talking about it, if places like Michigan and Wisconsin, where it can make a huge difference, yeah. you know, it's like you try not, you don't want to motivate the wrong people kind of thing. And then I also think the Russian influence too, mm-hmm. where it's like, they're going to, they're going to pray. They're so good at preying on our weaknesses. I mean, I'm clear, I'm, I'm convinced that I was someone that was, was convinced by some of the memes mm-hmm. that were being shared because they, they use Bernie Sanders kind of message against his own supporters i don't know they were really well that was the thing is that trump he admitted that when bernie sanders dropped out like when bernie dropped out bernie had so many great like policies and that that's why the people liked him there's audio recordings of him being like we need to copy things from his playbook and he did he essentially won over the pete like gen like the independence that he needed to yes um because he was able to just and I, I would say he, you know, he said a lot of trigger words, which is really important with a lot of, I would, I would say the active voter scene, which is a lot older in our country. Um, trigger words are really important for them and hearing the things that like, you know, the actual policy names uh, that they hear so much. Um, but I think like truly they're going to repeat the same thing because although Biden is not as hated as Hillary, he has so much room. I mean, we we're just ignoring the fact that Hunter Biden was just the was just in 2019. Yeah. Oh, that won't how, be like that won't be ignored here coming oh, soon. Oh no, and that's going to probably be one of the biggest things that that will probably lose him in the election. I mean, uh, Ob- I mean, there was like a time in the Obama Biden administration where they both approved a 1.3 billion dollar construction contract for Biden's brother, who had never done residential contracting before. And there is a long history of Biden being really fishy with economic things and bailing out companies. I mean, he helped bail out MBNA, who was the credit card company, and they're his second biggest donor. And they were one of the biggest people that led to the 2008 crashes and so many people losing thousands of dollars. So where do you get most of your information? I'm I'm asking more or less because I think it's important for everyone, but for young people, it's obvious that you've done your research. Where do, you, where do you turn for information? So, I mean, really what I love about doing history checks on politics is really you just have to pull up like, like I know it's like sounds dumb, but you just pull up the Wikipedia page of what yeah. the acts are and you can just see where the, what the act says, the bill writing. And like, luckily I have spent a lot of time reading political jargon. So I just read things really quickly and I understand them. But um, you can just look up those acts and laws and then you can find those uh like either the senate judiciary committee like hearings or um any different things like uh i have a lot of different biden's videos from like the 80s where he talks about um cutting social security cutting medicaid that's one of the things he talked about on the senate floor so i get a lot of my uh a lot of my sources from like primary videos but also just looking up the bills and acts and seeing who voted for them and against them and that just like that's you you write their track record i also am i talk to a lot of people i am active on the twitter sphere and i do uh talk to a lot of people and i cross-reference my uh my sources and i like to make sure that i go through different like if i'm going through like articles i make mainly going through like articles and journals to see how the general populace is feeling about that certain action so that i can take that into account when I'm thinking about how that person voted on a certain law or a bill. And it's really easy to just see like in you, cause I mean, they transcribe everything and put them on there. So you can just see flat out what the senators right. and uh, things have said. Like I have one, um, one of my biggest problems with Joe Biden and one is the fact that he's touted as being a hero for the African-American community when he's probably one of the biggest problems that America's ever had. And I mean, he was the reason why like, uh, he was notoriously said that he was like, um, he, he's praised segregationists, but I mean, he once said the, um, like that, like, he's like, if you have a quarter size, uh, gram of, ca- of crack cocaine, um, 
Senator Thurmond, which who is a, a like yeah, notorious yeah. segregationist, he's, he's, in, the, he's, he's like, in the Klan. I, yeah. We we made a we wrote a bill so that if you you have to go away for four year, for five years immediately, judge can't say a thing, no probation. And then he's like, and just like literally two minutes later, after talking a little bit more, he's like, we made sure that in that bill they they pushed in civil uh, forfeiture and property for, forfeiture for drug crimes, which wasn't a thing before. And it's incredible so, when I talk to people about drug things, like there is no mandatory minimum for rape. There's no mandatory minimum for homicide or for murder or for kidnapping, for child molestation, for sex trafficking, nothing. Only yeah, for, drugs. for drugs. And it's because that's the way that they can attack minorities. And it's because minorities. of Joe Biden. Yeah. And it's because yeah. of Joe Biden that millions of people are in billions of dollars of debt because he single-handedly wrote the bill that made chapter seven bankruptcy so impossible to file for and literally made uh, bankruptcy with uh, student loans impossible. He yeah, single-handedly well, wrote that. See, I think part of it, there's this weird reality television politics world we live in where I know a lot of Democrats that are kind of, kind of queasy about Biden are like, can't he just drop out and have Cuomo, <laughs> you know, you know, or whoever, whoever the news. Honestly, so many people are like saying that and it's hard because it's in like, what is our democracy? And, you know, obviously oh, yeah. the DNC before argued in the Supreme Court and won, being like, we're a private organization. We could grab a homeless person off the street and elect them as our, our right. nominee and it would be completely legal. And the Supreme right. Court's like, yep. Yeah. So now that being said, let's focus more on local stuff because yeah. I think that's where everything is really important. Uh, one thing I want to touch on the flyer that I'm using for this, I chose the picture that you had with Jeff Merkley. Mm -hmm. So what was meeting him like? I do oh, think my gosh, I, I have always like, I have, I've joked around with all of my friends, but I like to say like Jeff Merkley is like my grandpa. Uh, he, I asked him like just about his immigrant, like it was the time that I met him was actually right after he raided the, uh, with like five lawyers, he raided the ice, uh, the detention camps. center yeah. and like, as a Mexican-American, I'm a first generation. My father's from Cotija. Um, and like my, I have family that has been detained and like my friend's family's been detained. It's incredibly like heroic to have a person literally be like, I'm not gonna step away. Like you have to let me in. I'm, an, I'm a federal employee and I have lawyers here. You, I have warrants, you have to let me in. And he was not taking no for an answer. And he recorded and showed that we have children sleeping on the ground with aluminum like aluminum foil blankets. And I remember everyone trying to justify it being like, well, they were military reflective blankets. And they're like, no, they tested them. It was like aluminum foil sheet wrap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like they were drinking out of toilets. And then they were like, but these toilets were sanitized. And I was just like, that yeah yeah oh, and then okay. it's funny because the knock on merkley a lot of times people would be like he's just doing that at political i'm like well good good Dude, that's because political, that's what we... then he is doing the right thing because then he's doing it for the people and the people it's humanitarian that. exactly Honestly. It's like it's like he's doing this as for political gain i'm like good that's what we want them to and be doing and i feel doing. like jeff merkley is probably i would say one of the least controversial representatives that oregon has sure like, i think the two senators that we have in my opinion are pretty awesome in different ways and i think that though he was getting out of oregon on that one I, from in my experience from what i've seen wyden does the stuff in washington and and merkley focuses on the stuff in oregon a lot now he's done things where he's reached out like you said on the border you know whatever mm -hmm. But and yeah, I think that was important to maintain our sanctuary state status because that was up for election in that year, in the 2018 year, which was when um, Kate Brown was running as well, because that was a huge thing that Newt Bueller was going to knock down. And that was what he was uh, making a huge like focal point was that we have our sanctuary showing what our ICE detainment centers would be and what ICE has been, right. I think is a really important thing because that was on the board. And then a lot of people, I mean, my parents in particular, they ended up not voting for newt bueller and not voting for that because of the f videos that leaked and of the like the actual precedent that that sent for like what a sanctuary status actually meant for a state and what, what it can ICE do, has yeah. been doing yeah one thing one thing about kate brown on a different note i keep i it, it makes me laugh every time i see somebody say like we need to vote her out i'm like you do realize that she's gonna be done after this her time her time is up after this people don't People don't know anything about anything. Yeah, that's they why don't I wanted, understand the term limit things. No, and that's why I wanted to have you on is because you're you're a young adult, you know, 21 years old, and you've obviously educated yourself, and it's really cool because you've done your research. Now, you do have some political aspirations long term. Is that true? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, I am 
possibly already like thinking of a 2022 uh, like office run, possibly for uh, Oregon's number two seat down in um, like for like, you know, the two thirds of the state that that seat is. So um, for city, what would that be for for Congress? Uh, that would be for, for, yeah, representative for Congress. Oh my gosh, do it. And when you do um, get back on this show, I will absolutely I definitely. Definitely will. But if that's not in there, then I definitely will be running, I mean, for a local office down because um, I am moving down to Ashland yeah. uh, and Medford's uh, area. So definitely you'll see me in local office in 2022, but uh, I'll be, I'm already starting off talking to a lot of different people um, like, you know, Doyle Canning and a lot of yeah. different uh, representatives like Joshua Collins. I know there's stuff going on, but Doyle I've Canning. been talking to a lot of them. Doyle Canning is great. And I think for anybody watching this, that we're getting to the, the end, you need to cast your votes, you know, and I think at this point you want to drop it into a, like an actual box instead of yeah, dropping. Yeah, I think it's mail. one of the easiest things that we have. I mean, drop in mail-in ball ballot voting. Also, if you're watching this out of state and you don't have mail-in voting and you want call to your, contact call your, representative, your, your yeah. state representative and be like, yeah. we should just have mail-in voting so I can stay in my car like a drive through McDonald's sure. like yeah. Medford does and just drop it. In there's a, there's a lot of talk right now and i tend to kind of have a comedic spin on a lot of political stuff to keep my sanity but there's a lot of talk right now people are asking me like okay by bernie's on the ballot is it okay to vote for him i'm like absolutely in the primary oh, yeah. because because of the delegates and how he can have influence over the policy proposals and i don't know how much that'll do but anyways there is influence there but um it was funny because this guy was like, I voted for Bernie. And I'm like, I voted for him twice, once in person and four times in the mail. <laughs> it was like, no, but I mean, it's so ridiculous. There's no evidence to support that there's any. Yeah. I mean, the FBI literally came out and I think it was like 2019 or 2018. And it was like, yeah, there was no like voter no. irregularities in the, the 2016 election. There was actually people, we didn't have enough people voting. <laughs> Exactly, because the will of the people, I mean, it just use your common sense. How is waiting in, in line for five hours to vote, to pull a little lever, and maybe you get three bars across to, you know, win some money? No. But how, how is that more effective than just sitting on your kitchen table and writing it out and doing it? And I actually like the ballot process because you can make it a collective experience where you can mm -hmm. have other people discussing and looking at the voter pamphlet and pulling up your, you know, you, like you said, Wikipedia. I mean, you can literally find anything you need on the internet. You can really get a gut feeling about a lot of candidates from their Facebook page. Now be careful with that because people know how to present themselves when it's oh, yeah. not really, but it gives really you true. time to at least like you could pull up, like in the world we have, you can pull up everything about that candidate in 10 minutes and like basically know their whole platform if you really wanted to before you cast your ballot, which is really, I think, an incredible time for our democracy. And it's hard that that's under attack. And we need to make sure that we're like, you know, going against that because weirdly, our federal government doesn't want, you know, mail-in voting. And right. that, that's the thing that they're trying to get rid of. But, you know, we need to make sure that we're actively being vocal in our, our democracy so that it's our democracy. 100%. So... Dakota Lachea? Lachea. Lachea. Yeah. So no problem. <laughs> it's really cool to meet you. And I mean, this is awesome because, you know, it started with a meme and, mm -hmm. and, and I think it's really important for people to at least reach out to each other and just hear each other out. I mean, we're probably haven't changed any, anything from where we started. I'm sure that oh, you'll probably not vote for Biden. You know, Honestly, you know, like, I mean? you know, that's that's still something if he is committing to change, that's that's still the thing is that even with all the policy change and everything, we still have Tara Reid to go through uh, yeah. because there are like there's a lot of things on the t on, on like Twitter that are trying to disprove it. But I mean, with the Larry King video surfacing and then the 1996 court case of her husband, like uh, stating in court the sexual assault allegation, like during uh, her work in Biden's administration, like there are a lot of things that are corroborating evidence that at least we should hear it out and talk about it. And what's damning to the Democrats is that they're not. And if you literally just pull up Google it's going to give you like at least like out of the five random articles you'll be given two or three of them are going to be like right-wing things being like Democrats double standard with Tara Reid. And right. it's really, really like burning them. And so they're trying to like talk about her in a bad light to, you know, come off as if like, they're basically trying to Anita Hill her, even though they were completely supportive of Christine Blasey Ford and she had less evident, less evidence, but it was, you know, corroborative evidence. And I, you know, we need to believe women when they come forward and hear them out, at right. least give well, them and, a chance to speak. 
and hearing them out is what we need to do with the youth. And that's why I wanted to have you on because you talked about the kids table. One of the worst feelings that you can have is being not included in the conversation. And so when people look at someone who's like, oh, you're naive, you're wet behind the ears, you think you're such an optimist and they just cast off what you have to say, then you're like, fine, I'll do it myself and I'm stronger than you and I've got all these people behind me. And I think people are afraid of what the youth can possibly do. Because when I was a kid, we were punk rock kids, so we were busy drinking ourselves stupid. There's so many young people today that are like, I can't do drugs and I can't get drunk because I'm, my whole life is out there online. And there's, it's good to see. I mean, I don't know the numbers, but we were party animals. We would do you guys mm -hmm. shame. No, no, but it was a different time. And yeah. so I think that there's more opportunity for different types of people, for people that are motivated as young adults. And I have a lot of optimism for the future. So I do hope you get into office. You know, and I hope you, you push for that. And so now we're friends on Facebook over, <laughs> argu over arguing on a meme, which is hilarious. I think it's a great way to start a friendship. Yeah. Thanks again for doing this. Uh, I'm going to end. On. Yeah, man. I'm going to end this with a song. And I chose this song because it's called Our Enemy is Us. And it's about how we defeat ourselves. And it's really about the Democratic Party, but it's about the country as a whole. And so this is one of my old tracks under the name Self Esteem But Willie. Our Enemy is Us. Dakota. Say your last name again, Dakota. Lasea. Lasea. Okay. I don't know why I just can't do it. <laughs> it's good. No problem. This is really cool. Thanks again for doing this. So thanks this is me. me You're welcome. Thank, thanks, you know, thanks a lot. So this is me, Self-Esteem Boat Willie with Our Enemy Is Us. If there's anyone out there who thinks we're confused about who our enemies are. Our enemy is us. The society is busted. Gone are the days when a friend can be trusted. Allies are few, far and in between. Revolution comes from the bottom up Love your neighbors without borders Don't just mind